0: what's up guys we're back it's Lexi I'm JC yo dogs it's poppy
1: and Morgan and welcome back to our podcast station by by the the farm farm. hey everybody future Morgan poppy JC and Lexi coming to you real quick Um, just a quick disclaimer we have filmed this episode once with Rodney Um, due to some technical difficulties things didn't go as planned Um, so thank you Rodney for coming back in and dealing with us um, for a second time so I guess without further ado Anybody else have anything else to say? We have officially decided the next theme. No, for, uh, not yet. That's the outro. That's the outro. Is that what we're doing? No, we're doing the disclaimer. Oh, I thought it was the same. Okay, okay. now I have to do it again. Okay. okay, guys, we're gonna start a new segment on our on the Station by the Farm po- podcast called the FFA Update. Yeah. yeah. All right,
2: Poppy, why don't you start us off? First up is our Miami Leadership Night. Next,
0: we have the AGR Sigma Alpha Young Leaders Conference. Then's the FFA
1: Invitational OSU Hockey Game. Guys, we got our FFA Lock In coming up in February. And guys, guess what? Guess what? It's, it's pirate themed. Oh yeah, we got state officers. We got we're uh, invited Valley View. It's gonna be a good time. Our Ag Sales Contest is coming up. Then we have Outdoor Powers. And public speaking, where both Poppy and Lexi will be competing in the prepared speech category, so you guys wish them luck.
2: You Woo. know it. We also have our world-famous Agball. Okay. Also,
1: uh-huh.
2: um... <laughs> this <laughs> Mr. is our Ryan.
1: year. Poppy,
0: why also don't you explain to Agball our team? listeners what Ball is,
1: please?
2: Okay, so Ball yeah, is basically... <laughs>
0: That's why they need to know what it is. Okay, so for the interruptions. Jeez. Poppy, why don't you explain to our listeners what ag ball is?
2: Ag ball is basically FFA basketball with a bunch of people that suck, right? No one plays basketball on that team. Um, it's actually against the rules. Yeah, you can't play basketball if you're nope, an FFA. But you can coach. No, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. you can. You I can don't
1: coach know.
0: If you, you play <laughs> basketball, this is
1: this is basically hey. a thing in uh, what southwestern Ohio. Basically, yeah,
0: we're the only state that plays Ag
1: Ball. Um, next up, yeah, that so we're very, trying to get
2: on the charts.
1: What,
0: what? that
2: we know of. Hit us yeah, up. that's, that's what I said. know of. If
1: we have listeners out there, other FFA chapters that. Do you know what Agball is? Maybe uh, someone from Brussels. Make sure you let us know because we, we want to know if we have any other Agballers out there who can come and join our team. Because our team is non-existent at the moment. Hey, we, team. It too okay. Okay. we We're, into it too lane. Lane. We're trying too to recruit <laughs> some people. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed our FFA update. Um, be sure to look out for those on our... Epi- our coming episodes because hopefully we'll keep those going and we'll let you know how these go because i'm really excited to let you guys know how the fa lock-in goes because oh i'm gosh. really excited about that i'm a f- we're me and poppy are first year officers and we're super excited to host our first one it's always chaotic pirate it's a great showdown time. i'm yeah, talking
2: but on my amazon <laughs> full pirate stuff right now yeah i'm getting one of those hook things the hand <laughs> hooks poppy's oh.
0: planning on dressing up as a shark
2: and uh, my inflatable shark. Up. Yeah, it's showing up. <laughs> we're all
0: there too. dressing up, but Poppy specifically is going to be an inflatable Mr. shark. Mr. Right getting a pirate ship. <laughs> I
3: found that one on the side of the road. Did you actually? I <laughs> got to make it on offer, I guess.
0: But, yeah. I found one Go on ahead. FFA or FFA. Facebook Marketplace, okay, yes. Yeah. Facebook uh, Marketplace yeah, has, has everything. You can I just don't buy know. one of the
1: pieces of <laughs> your here. So we need more information. Yeah. That's where we yeah. own it. Okay. It was like,
0: in rough shape,
1: though. Thank you guys for listening to our FFA update. Be sure to stay tuned for the rest of the episode. It's definitely going to be a banger.
2: You know it. Woo. <laughs>
0: on this episode we are planning on covering some subjects such as farmland preservation urban sprawl and new aspiring farmers and stay tuned because we have a very special guest joining us today he is the ohio state representative mr rodney creech
1: hello everybody welcome to the station by the farm podcast we are here with a special guest today ohio state representative mr rodney creech hi rodney
4: hey there go
2: dog
1: (laughs) see lexi it's not that hard thank you morgan (laughs) My brain is just fried today. So I Ronnie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? We know you have a background in agriculture and obviously you are in politics. So why don't you elaborate on that?
4: Okay, um, born and raised in West Alexandria in Purple County. And I was fortunate enough to be a, a fourth generation born on the farm and still farm today with my father on a grain operation. Um, always had a, a, a huge uh, passion for agriculture. And uh, after high school, uh, went to Morehead State University where I got a degree in agronomy and an area of study in turf science. And um, after graduating uh, from college, started working in the ag field uh, while farming. Um, started uh, a couple businesses, two ag-related businesses. Um, and uh, currently, uh, state representative. I started out in local politics. I started out as a township trustee in my, uh, the township that I was born and raised in and served there for six years, and then ran for Preble County Commissioner, and was elected and served there for six years. And today I am a current state representative uh, for the 40th district.
1: Wonderful. All right,
2: Mr. Rodney Creech, are you ready for this? I am. Okay, we're gonna go off script again here a little
4: bit. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise she, me?
1: She specifically, like, she specifically found another question.
4: <laughs> Why didn't
2: <doesn't laughs> like, that surprise she,
1: like, we were at lunch, and I'm like, are you just going to, like, stalk him again? And she's like, yeah,
3: I am. So,
2: I
1: happened to find this picture um, as soon
2: as we sat down, oh because God. I couldn't find anything oh, no. uh, when I went up to find you. No so, um... <laughs> do you remember
4: this? Very nice. Very nice.
2: Do you happen to remember that?
4: I, I've actually dressed up like that several times.
0: Okay, so now you must describe what the like, picture is for our listeners. Okay. What are you guys
2: doing?
4: Well, um... <laughs> Buddy the Elf is pretty much my personality, only it's real. And uh, so each year when I was a county commissioner, we would have um, the, I think it was first graders come in from different schools. And so the commissioners would dress up. One was Santa Claus, one was Mrs. Santa Claus, and I was always Buddy the Elf. And so, yeah, that's a great picture there. That might have to be like our little tag photo, right? Oh, yeah. I can (laughs) get you some good Do we have permission? Yes, yes. There we go. uh, I do actually have...
0: A question for you: yes. Do we have the pleasure of being your first podcast?
4: Yes. Sweet. First podcast, first not first, first
0: episode. First podcast, not first episode. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But
4: no, a lot of people's had fun with that, and what's so neat is I've never <laughs> been around people that dress up, and I think people really thought we were real. The kids really thought we were real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Kind of cute. Right? That's. Like, I have an inflatable like, shark party. costume. It is like
3: that age is so <laughs> fun to watch kids like interact with. It's like great. That. So. We I, just pied our principal. Did you guys see that? This, the elementary principal?
2: Uh, no. So oh, thing. yeah.
3: Or they're raising some money for uh, um, a paraprofessional here at Brookville that she's got um, some some pancreatic cancer. Okay. And so, But then they pied the the principal, the elementary principal in the face. And just the kids at that age yeah. are just, like you guys, if they pied Mr. Brown, you'd be like, eh, it's one of those. No, but if they pied <laughs> you. Oh. we're
1: still be trying, trying guys. <laughs> we're trying okay we're really trying with this ffa lock-in go to our um tidbit about ffa in the episode so make sure you stay tuned for that we'll take a little break here with rod and uh show you guys that
3: um, Do we have permission we'll tell you to more call about our rod
1: no but mr rod's been doing it all week <laughs> okay. and it's kind of just caught on accidentally yes okay.
4: Call so. whatever you want. I work for you. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> I'm going
1: to jump into our first
0: topic today of farmland preservation. So, can you tell us what the state legislature is doing to promote farmland preservation at the moment?
4: So, um, the uh, farmland preservation and easement programs are through the state, of course, as you as you know. Um, it's a big initiative through the governor governor's office. Um, really, the legislature doesn't promote it per se. You know, the funding comes from the state. Uh, for the budget Um, but you know it's really a decision that's made by local landowners or local local property owners Um, it's not something that you know we promote or don't promote it's really a personal decision for that operation Um, but at the end of the day the funding mechanism does come through us I would say if I had to guess there's a lot of legislators that aren't even familiar with the program there's just like I'm not familiar with a lot of programs that don't affect ag Um, there's it's Ohio is so big but at the end of the day we're really just the funding mechanism. What are your thoughts on
1: agricultural easements?
4: Um, You know I think again it comes down to uh, personal um, as far as what what the operation or the family wants to do. Um, You know we all know that easements are in place to protect farmland. Um, Some families want to lock their land down and keep it in their family for many many years. Um, Some may choose not to do that. Um, A lot of uh people in the ag community don't want to be involved with the government there are some there's positives and negatives of easements and again it comes down to the personal decisions of do i want to be able to make those decisions on my farming operation without having to go through the government um you know like our farm uh, our farm is not in an easement our our neighbors on both sides are Um, and you know if if i want the next generation to come into to the farming operation i can build a home on our property um, without asking anyone, yeah. that's just an example. Um, you know, if you want to put a barn up, you can do that without getting the government involved. There's a lot of things where easements. You know, there's anytime you're uh, working with somebody else, um, you lose control per se. Um, but there's a lot of advantages of easements. Is you know that land's going to be in there for a long time. It's a huge um, commitment, and it's a legal commitment. And so um, I'm not for or against them. Um, there's a lot of things in the ag community. I think you know when we look at solar solar farms and other things, it just comes down to that operation and what they want. I personally don't believe the neighbors should be making decisions for, for this, these operations. But, and, and this easement it's not a big deal for the neighbors, but when we're talking about solar and wind and other things, it is. Um, I just feel like people should be able to make their own decisions on their own land. What
2: are the largest threats to farmland preservation that you see on a day-to-day basis?
4: Um, You know, I think when we're looking at um, the largest threats, you know, urban sprawl is definitely one of those. Um, It seems like, you know, everyone loves the country. They think they want to live there, Um, but, but, but by the time they get there, they figure out there's smells, there's dust, there's um, noise and all these things that it's you know out in the country it's not always peaceful um, yeah there could be people working ground until 1 in the morning uh, there could be tractors and trucks going up and down the roads to us that doesn't bother us because we've been raised with it um, but for I call them city folk um, or, or the urban sprawl um, they consider that an inconvenience and um, so you know I, I don't know if I'm answering the question here but I, I think that Um, You know, our biggest threat is people moving into um, our communities that don't think like us, and um, it's happening more and more, Um, and I think, you know, when we look at uh, a county like Preble County, we have a 40-acre rule um, where you just can't go out and build nine houses in a row on a property. We have some zoning in place to protect our farmlands from a zoning aspect. Um, That's a local control thing that I fully support. Um, other counties may not have that, but one of the things that we've tried to do to protect our, our land and our county from urban sprawl is to put zoning in place um, so we don't have to worry about those issues.
0: Would you suggest other counties kind of follow suit with that and try and put some zoning practices in place?
4: You know, um, the I totally believe in local, uh, local support, um, local control. Um, that would be up to them Um, I would I could definitely suggest it would never ask it or mandate it to be done I think zoning is in place every when you get into these local communities every community is different they have different ways of thinking Um, what may be perfect in Preble County may not be in Montgomery County what may be excellent in Montgomery County may not work in Preble County it's just a case-by-case basis Uh, There's nothing saying that down the road in 30 to 40 years that the Preble County Commissioners change the zoning zoning code because it doesn't fit anymore you know um, you have to adapt and overcome and um, I personally like it Um, you know a lot of people say well I can't afford 40 acres and build a house and 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 that's okay Um, you can still build you can still build homes in Preble County it might just be in a woods or in land that's not productive or you know there's other avenues through our zoning code uh but at the end of the day our main goal um, is to protect farmland
1: yeah um
2: hey, you
3: jump in real quick. would you say that, that is i mean it is a local like is most of this control or most of this zoning stuff that's all going to be local not so much state level stuff Hold on, there.
2: Nick, can you say that again? Because Morgan, like, it was moving in. Is
3: this more of a local issue uh, or a, or would you see it more as a local issue or a state
4: issue, I guess? As far as zoning?
3: Zone, just farmland preservation and controlling urban sprawl, that's gonna, you're, again, I think you kind of answered it, but like, would you say that the local
4: legislation handles that more than the state does? So that's actually an excellent question. So one thing that I did leave out, if, if a family wants to go through farmland preservation, it has to be voted on by the local entities. Mm -hmm. So if you're a township trustee, say a farm goes into farmland preservation, it has to be voted on by the township trustees. And then if it passes through the township trustees, it has to be voted on by the county commissioners. So technically your local officials have more control than the state. Um, So if it's approved by the township, approved by the state or approved by the townships and then approved by the county, it goes on. If it's declined, then it's, it's, so there is a true relationship with the local entities and the state just not the state legislature um, so I don't get a vote on farmland preservation um, properties that are signed up through farmland preservation but the township trustees and, and county commissioners do but yeah zoning um, is you know there's Preble County has county zoning um, most counties have township zoning so each township has their own zoning uh, uh, laws So. Well, that's—I was just trying
3: to allude to like—and for you girls to kind of see is like um, with. Uh, I think when you were you were, you came and spoke with us a time before, but I don't think we recorded it. Oh, okay. We had just talked. Is oh, that why we're here again? Guys remember? So, but they, but you had talked along the lines. I look at <laughs> you, Poppy. You had talked along the lines of the fact that um, you know what fits in Franklin County looks a lot different than Preble County. And maybe there is places where economic growth is not a bad thing, um, and then, you know, but in farmland preservation is, you know, it, I guess it has its fits. D- don't paint with a broad brush, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah,
4: I, I think, you know, when we, when we look at all the different facets that we deal with, let's just even look at school education, you know, for some reason we do paint that broad brush that whatever's happening in Southwest Ohio needs to happen in Northeast Ohio. Wrong way. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong approach. Every part of the state is different and it would apply to farmland preservation. You know, um, there are communities, uh, Huber Heights is in my district. It's one of the fastest growing communities in, in Montgomery County, population 45,000. I mean, if you think about this, Huber Heights is larger by population than the entire Preble County. Preble County has 42,000 people and 425 square miles. So for us, land preservation is a huge deal. Mm-hmm for Huber Heights, they want economic growth and I want it for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they want, uh, they, and, and they're doing a great job of, of that, but it's just two totally different ways of thinking that's only 25 minutes apart mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. by car. That's nuts.
2: Okay, so what is your um, thought on urban sprawl?
4: Um, you know, we've kind of already touched on it. You know, urban sprawl to me is not a bad thing. I mean, people have to live somewhere um, you know urban sprawl is usually you know growing out from the center and, and getting bigger um, and you know that it is what it is i just think there's a place where you know in most counties again most counties or municipalities have a plan of growth and um, you know i'm not here to control anything um, i'm here to represent my I just for the record i represent my district if my if my district wanted urban sprawl as a representative i'd have to rep, i would have to represent that um, so, you know, as a representative, when you get to Columbus, you have to remember you're not there for yourself. You're there for the people you represent. Yeah. Um, technically, in my district, I have to both. I was yeah. gonna say, do you find yourself in sticky situations quite a bit with having a kind of diverse district like that? Yeah, that? yeah, that's the thing. You have to find the, sometimes, you know, we talk about average, okay? You know, you gotta find the average. Well, if you put your leg in a bucket of boiling water and you put your other leg in. And you put your <laughs> other leg, and you put your other leg in a bucket of ice water. That's, cool. That's not. Yeah. Well, where's the average? That's where's the average?
2: On my body. <laughs> yeah,
4: but you see, this, sometimes there isn't an average. Some, you know, um, in my last district, it was so politically divided that I don't ride the fence. I I speak. I I live my life. This is who I am. Love me or hate me. Um, I don't go into one community and act one way, and go into a different community and act one way. I always act the same way. Um, like Buddy. It, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. Exactly. <laughs> I had to clear that so up. So <laughs> with that said, in, in politics, there is no such thing as average because you have that boiling hot water and that ice cold water and there's no comfortable spot. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing is for me just being yourself. But to answer your question, you know, um, you just have to recognize where you are. Um, when I'm in Huber Heights, we don't talk about agriculture. We talk about a lot of other things. And when we're in Preble County, mm-hmm. we don't talk about urban sprawl. Um, I don't really have an opinion on it. I think, like I said, as long as people are – the sprawl is going on in the right places, um, I think everybody's okay with it. It's just when it starts spilling out in the other areas that maybe isn't as uh, attractive. Um,
1: I'm trying to think of how I'm going to word this question. Um, This is good. Okay. Um,
3: (laughs) Are you still on the sprawl topic? (laughs) Yeah, I am.
1: Okay. Um, How is – I'll just I'll kind of ask it from here and just kind of add on to it how is it seen in like our day-to-day life like as like 25 minutes away from here there's Huber Heights who is that's rapidly growing all the time and 20 minutes in the opposite direction you have Eaton and Preble County where I mean you can't go five miles without looking at a field how like how is that changing I don't know, that didn't make any sense, I don't think, but.
4: Well, I think when you look back, I don't know if, I mean, but you know, when you look back at, uh, and I hate to keep talking about Huber Heights, but it's the fastest growing community no, it's in, a great example. in Montgomery County, and I think, you know, Huber Heights actually has a great name. I mean, when a lot of times when we think urban sprawl, we're thinking negative, and it's got negative connotation to it. But I would consider there's positive. Um, but I think over time, I mean, if you look at how Huber Heights has developed over the last 30 years, um, it's changed drastically. If you go to Preble County or even Western Montgomery County, which is very similar to Preble County, um, not much has changed mm-hmm. at all. Um, I think it comes down to um, the leadership. You know, there's a lot of community leaders that it depends on, you know, w- what's their goals. Yeah. I think, you know, what are our goals in Preble County? Um, our goals are continue to be farm country, but promote business within the city and promote jobs within the city, mm-hmm. build houses around the city. Um, it's just a different way, it's just it's just leadership style. I don't think one's right and one's wrong. Um, you know, Huber Heights is building a 1,000 houses a year, and Preble County probably builds 25 to 30. Um, so it's just a different way of thinking, and you know, the good thing about America is you can move wherever you want. And if you don't like it one place, you can move a different place, and if you don't like it there, you can move a different place. It's kind of, you know, I think we got a lot of options, good options. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm gonna kind of switch topics a little bit. So, what do you think are some of the biggest causes to why farmers are struggling in today's economic world?
4: Um, you know, um, farming's good now; um, it has been for for a couple years. Um, but you know, I think I was just at a, at a lunch meeting and talking about this. I mean, um, farming used to be really hard work, and I can tell you, you know, back in the days when it was baling hay and Cutting tobacco and feeding livestock and just and trying to raise a family and raise a crop and all those things, I think it was very tiresome. It was hard work, um, and it was risky. Um, today, the work you know most most local farmers, very few farmers have livestock today. Um, it's mostly you know grain grain operations with maybe a little bit of livestock. So, you know, it's funny when I'm up in Columbus, you know, there's very few of us farmers up there and everybody's like, oh man, you live in the hard life. And I'm like, well, I can't really lie to you. I mean, I, you I, the cows everywhere, right? You know? yeah, I mean, or I'm pop. in an air-conditioned tractor, um, you know, listen to any, any kind of music I want. Can't to. forget
0: the GPS. Too. Yeah.
4: So, you know, farming is, it's still hard. I, I'm not going to downplay it, but it's not what it was 30 years ago Yeah. when people were breaking their backs and the equipment, the technology, I mean. You could you could you know thirty years ago if you sat in a tractor seat all day, you didn't sleep good at night because your back felt like it was broke. Today with air air ride, I mean you got more you know these seats are so the technology has changed. Where I'm going with that is um, is it hard work? Yes, but I think it's the risk. Um, There's so much risk in agriculture. Um, you're just one bad decision away. Um, or a couple major decisions away from losing a lot of money.
0: Even stuff um, like that you can't control, like the weather.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The weather. The weather is really the biggest determining factor. of This last year, I mean, we had uh, one of the weirdest growing seasons I've ever seen in my life. We did everything right. We planted it at the right time. We had the right weather. Things were great, and we ended up having two droughts. Uh, we had an early drought, and then got maybe three and a half inches of rain. I think at the end of July, and then got and then went into another drought. So, um, thank goodness, you know, we have things in place like crop insurance and and, and that that uh, really does protect us. Um, but it's amazing when I see um, the kids that have these amazing opportunities to to stay in the farming operation, and they're like, I'm out. You know. Do you think um, it's risk that it does drive them out? You know, I. I don't know. Is it because
3: we? Are, so our um, last podcast we talked about kind of like the um,
1: ugly side, ugly of side of
3: agriculture. You know, everybody just says, "Well, it's dirty." You know, it's not it's not attractive to go. So work it's all just about field. like
2: manual labor and hard work and outside. But yeah, or do you so think
3: like, like kids that do leave the farm are they afraid of the risk? Maybe or is it? is it a combination?
4: You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's, I think it's a good question. I, I do think, you know, that the kids watch their, their families mm-hmm. and, you know, it's sometimes, you know, their parents miss the basketball games and their parents have to miss a lot of events because they're trying to make a living. Um, and and I think a lot of that's what it is. And I think the world's is changing. I mean, when I was in high school, um, man, when you wore boots and you know, cowboy boots and wranglers, you wore them proudly. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's hard to find those cowboy boots and wranglers in schools today. And I think it's just the farther we get away, you know, I was just uh, uh, put a post up on Facebook here a couple weeks ago, Um, you know, in 19, in 1920, 36% of Americans were involved in agriculture. And today, less than 2%. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think for me um, and and many, um, it's in our blood and, if it's in your blood it's in your blood mm-hmm. and i think the farther we get from that 1920 figure um it's not in as, it's not in people's blood as much and and you know you can tell farm families and hopefully dole will say something i mean you can still tell there's good farm families mm-hmm. out there because the, you know they keep coming back and their families are involved you know the brew bakers are over our way i think every brew baker uh is is in the farming operation and then you have other operations where these, you know, the the kids, their parents have eight, own eight hundred acres, and they're sitting there. I'm sitting there going, "Man, I'd do anything to be you." Mm-hmm. And they decide to go to college and get a job in town and never come back.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to add on to what you said. I don't think it's when you're raised inside agriculture, you don't see it as ugly because you're not. I just can't.
3: You're spe- not like blind to it, maybe. Is that yeah, what?
1: you're not. You're not exposed
3: you're in you're in the ugly
1: you're in the ugly so you don't see it that way Mm -hmm. and i don't know maybe that doesn't make sense to everybody but i it makes sense to me if you're in the ugly you're not going to see it as ugly you're going to see it as your life
4: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and that's not really something we can necessarily teach
4: Mm -hmm. well the good thing for agriculture is as many kids that want to get out of it that was born into it i think there's probably five times more that want to get into it Exactly. And so like the, the positive yeah. the mm-hmm. positive thing is there's still a huge engagement from uh, kids getting into agriculture. Yeah, I'm just curious why the ones that are in it get out. Mm-hmm. That would be my I think
0: view. yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say that like you said there're like five times as many kids that want to get in it. But I feel like a lot of those even get driven away because they romanticize the beautiful parts of agriculture. Mm-hmm but they realize and they come to terms with the ugly side and then that's kind of why they're like, mm, maybe not. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll stay away from that. Yeah. JC.
1: Yeah, um, I wanted to, so kind of on the same topic, do you think that like your role in politics, do you think that that's beneficial as like your voice? Like, do you think that's beneficial in keeping agriculture in like mindsets of people or do you think that's more towards like pushing people away from it.
4: Um, I think I so you know you I mean like being a farmer
3: like because he is a farmer. And yeah. Okay, I got
4: you. Yeah. So so being uh, in agriculture. Um. So not only do I I, I, I of course was like you, um, born and raised in agriculture. I I eat, sleep, and breathe it. Um. At our family events, we talk farming. Uh, anywhere I go, typically I'm talking about farming. When I'm up at the state house, people always joke around. You know, that's all I talk about. And so, you know, um, you know, I think farming back in the day um, was looked down upon. Oh, uh, they're just farmers. Um, today, I think when people see farmers, they go, "Oh my gosh, they have millions of dollars invested into their operation. They work sun up to sundown. These people. Be- I mean, we are actually. I think farmers have a lot better." Uh, Image today than they did 20 30 years ago. Um, I will tell you that my role in the legislature and I've done this for a long time um, Not only do I love agriculture I like to promote agriculture and again if you go back to my Facebook pages a lot of times You know I'm promoting what's going on. I'm trying to educate You know if there's if there's only 2% uh, Engaged in agriculture that means there's 98% we need to educate and so you know, I uh, and I am now. I well, last time I was here, I was not, but I am now the chairman of the Ag uh, House Committee. So all the Ag uh, legislation will be going before me and uh, uh, my fellow vice chair, Rick Kloppenstein, which is also a farmer, big farmer. And uh, it's it's oh. so we're we're very excited. Um, but no, I think you know I, I use I use my role to educate, and um, and I can tell you that. Uh, I think it's very well uh, accepted. Um, you know, I think, you know, what I like to get out and say is, listen, you know, r- farmers don't ruin the land. We live off the land. You know, we have to educate people that we're not bad people. We care, We I believe we care more about the land than environmentalists. The biggest difference is the environmentalists probably don't own any land, never has, probably never will, but they're trying to tell us how to take care of ours.
1: So you talk about um, being someone who Advocates for agriculture and wants to educate people on that. Like as pe- young people in ag, how would you explain to us how we can advocate as well?
4: Well, I think I actually think you all do a very good job. I think you know FFA and 4-H is so important, um, and even if people aren't engaged in ag, agri- I mean, the, my goal is to get as many involved and engaged in agriculture as possible. But the big thing is educate, and I think just talking to your friends, you know, and you know, we've all watched. I don't know if you all watch Yellowstone. Uh, but I, but I use Yellowstone as an example. Of, I have a you know,
2: T-shirt, but I've never washed
4: it. <laughs> that's, inter- that's very interesting. How many times have you worn it? Don't answer that. Uh,
2: I wore it with more into like radio one.
4: But you know, I look at the, I look at Yellowstone, and not not only is Yellowstone a great piece, um, and, and it exposes agriculture to many, but we think of it. I can't remember who the girl is. You know the yeah the I know Um, oh. you
1: you talk about that, John. John Dutton's whole speech to her when she first gets introduced to the show about how many grubs and groundhogs and um, animals and the gr- organisms in the ground are you killing to plant your tofu or... I mean, there's a
3: sacrifice. Being yeah, there. there's yeah. a sacrifice
1: either way. Do you want to eat a steak or do you want me to plow over a cute little groundhog mm-hmm. like either way something's gonna die it's give and take yeah. there's plenty of you I mean,
2: gave us yeah, six bunnies, more weeks I think of winter that so. example too, but
1: like <laughs> that, really when you talk right about now. yellowstone <laughs> and advocating that's really the scene that comes to mind for me i don't know if you had another one in mind but well she,
4: she you know she was she came to the farm and she was she had a very bad attitude mm-hmm. but when she got out there the point is she got out there on the farm she got to see these people living their lives And that they're not doing bad things they're just making a living and feeding america and so you can see her through the show change i wish every person had the opportunity to come out on the farm you know are we using pesticides yeah but we're using a lot yet less today than we used to because of gmos so are gmos bad i say not because we're using less pesticides today than we've ever used so that's just an example of you know educating um and talking to these people i think a lot of times it's easy for somebody to sit in the city and see sprayers driving through the field.
1: Poppy's GMO pumpkin that has survived since October.
0: I feel like it <laughs> comes not. down
1: to a lot of give and take
0: and people that are very firm in their beliefs. They don't want to do well, that, like any of the giving. They just kind of want to take what they want that's and side was with what ask. they so want.
3: Like, ultimately, I mean, you girls are here within Brookville, Ohio, so like, you're the kids you interact with on a daily basis are probably receptive to agriculture would you say i mean
1: i uh, uh, you talk to yeah I'm, 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 like,
3: I'm gonna yeah. say percentage-wise like nobody's gonna fight you about eating a pork chop would be my guess oh definitely right? not but like <laughs> not at the, i mean at the there state house people. what is like when you you know you're not working with a lot of agricultural based people so what is it? I mean, are they receptive when you're like, well, here, here's my insight in it coming from the daily day. Do they say, do they value that? Or do they like, ah, he's just trying to save his own skin?
4: Well, I think, you know, one of the things that's big right now is urban agriculture. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, um, the, and I think I brought this up on the last one, but, you know, uh, Representative Beeky. Have Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Uh, Are you rep- kidding me? <laughs> rep- representative Beakey, past representative Beaky went into a, a school up north that had a 50% graduation rate. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was a, a African American school district, had a 50% uh, graduation rate. He took FFA and 4H, and this is something that you might want to touch on, or we can touch on put an FFA and a 4H program in the school. They now have a 70 percent graduation rate oh, wow. these kids are using their hands they're learning how things grow so we really need to come back and tie our kids back into mm-hmm. ag i mean you know groceries don't come from the store mm-hmm. they come from the field and so one of the things that i'll tell you that i've already started um, over the last week i've contacted all the ag commodity groups and i'm going to plan on traveling across the state and hopefully get into some of these schools mm-hmm. and you know I think we've got to promote agriculture yeah uh, my goal is um, I am a, I'm a row crop guy a row crop guy uh, I know how to raise corn and beans but there's a lot of agriculture in the state of Ohio that I've never been exposed yep. to um, I want to learn about aquaculture I want to learn a lot more about holder, we're like, horticulture we're like
3: number five and hogs number five and in eggs and in, in the, in the uh, nation I mean we got a lot of stuff going yeah. on besides just corn and soybeans
0: i just i'm sorry i just really wanted to i've been wanting to say this for a while but i feel like you kind of touched on the educating part and you also kind of talked about like metropolitan areas and i feel like it is important to note that a lot of these kids that are way removed from the farm like how many generations did you say last time you were here like eight or so
4: what's that like they're
0: like yeah, on yeah. average, some kids are like eight generations all, removed some's from the farm. never been involved at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's those kids that grow up in New York City. I mean, in the actual city of New York City, you're gonna be hard pressed to find a cow. Mm. Like they just, they might see pictures, but they generally don't understand that there's different breeds. They're just different types. There's all these different parts. A cow is not just a cow, and I feel like they miss a lot of that educating because we just haven't been able to promote it. i mean
3: well you i'm sorry well we had we had that discussion with your. so we we went with um oh uh, we did have that discussion mom uh, is she works in nutrition Mm -hmm. and so uh in animal nutrition and so she uh we were having the discussion along the lines of like um you know if if you know that you plant soybeans in the fall or in the spring and you harvest them in the fall and you know uh, corn follows it every other year, and you know, that just the kind of basics of agriculture. We think about ag as just farming, but all of the ag careers that are out there, and if, if we can teach kids in inner city areas, metropolitan areas that don't know these basics, like they're gonna get a leg up to get into that, because and, cause that's what uh, Morgan's mom was speaking on, was like, you know, if you just know the basics of, of, an ag, of the ag world, getting into an ag career, you're gonna have a leg up if it's marketing, Journalism accounting, whatever it is for that for that AG.
1: Company. I'm I'll, I'll give you a good example of this um, Last week. I was fortunate enough to go with my mom to the IPPE com- Conference it's a poultry conference. I'm not a poultry girl. never have been Maybe. I don't know I had to pretend like I like chickens for a week and it was <laughs> it was tough but there um, my mom's friends with some auburn professors and i got to hang out with some auburn kids and both one of the ones i hang out with farm grown agriculture and in his roots just knew everything there was to know about it the other one she grew up in a big town in louisiana and but she was like yeah my dad grew up around agriculture and i'd never seen it but it sounded cool so i went into poultry science yeah I'm you would have she said if you would have told me I was gonna be an FFA or even at Auburn doing a under a poultry science major I would have told you you were five times five ki- kinds of crazy yeah and really here are. she is I got her number she said you talk to me because I you are a very smart girl and I hope you continue to like show other people
4: well, I think one but. of the things, agriculture, if you think about it, that, okay, you got farming, in my mind. You have farming and then you have agricultural, okay? Farming is farming, it's raising a crop. It's impossible, it, and, and I'm, I think we're gonna be talking about this, but it's very difficult to get into. You have to own land, you have to have a lot of money. You have to have, you know, but agriculture in the big scheme of things, I mean, when you look, you know, agriculture is the number one industry in the state of Ohio. So agriculture isn't just farming. It's, mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of things that you can get into um, I mean when we look at all the byproducts that come from a crop that goes into you know
3: you, so you get, you're probably can edit that, right
4: so, so I guess
1: yeah. none of us talked it saves
4: but yeah I mean you can you can go get <laughs> a, a, you can go blow, get a good. <laughs> good job at Cargill you can go get a good job at you know all these locations around that are ag related so I think agriculture kind of you know some kids I think think, well, I can't ever get into it. No, you can actually get into it very easily. Now, production agriculture, a little harder to get into. You, may, you know, you may have to work for somebody for many, many years and work into the operation, but getting into agriculture is simple. It's, it's right. our number one industry.
0: Well, I think that is a very good oh, place. Gonna, oh, never mind. oh no, uh, no, 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 for don't stop us, sorry.
4: We're
1: anyway. gonna keep going. Uh, so we're like, kind of like a closing statement. So we talked in our last episode about how we can get agriculture out to those people who don't know about it do you think that if in politics people talk more about it do you think that that'll do better than if like just people that are in agriculture and um don't really have much of a voice if they say something do you think that people in politics will be able to get it out better
4: um again i think it's more yeah i I think you know we did just pass house bill 95 last general assembly and that that bill it's it's a beginning farmer tax credit so trust me it's on our radars um, you know, we're trying to help young people get into agriculture, um, and actually, we're trying to help the older generation get out. Mm-hmm. You know, there needs to be a transition, and you know, um, one of the things about agriculture is, you know, it, if you don't have family members, you got, you got a couple options. You can sell the operation, um, which, from a tax, I mean, it, it's not yeah. good. Yeah. Um, you can rent it out, which most do. Um, there's other options now with solar and things where you know, the, the, you know most farmers don't have an exit strategy I don't even know what it is um, Most farmers don't want one but House Bill 95 is kind of a transition um, From the older generation to the newer generation. It's a great bill um, I would have liked to seen a little more tea. I would I like to seen a little more money I, I I think you know, I want to take care of farmers um, especially ones that's worked their butts off their whole lives um, but no, I think you know I don't believe it's the government's responsibility. I truly don't. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to unfortunate. Um, you know, back in the day, if something happened, um, the family would help the family get started. Today, it's more of a you know we're not involved in agriculture as much, and so we just want to sell the farm. And and so you know the opportunities are not there like they used to be with land values where they are. For some people that's not involved in agriculture and they sell their grant. you know, they got a couple hundred acres and they can get $10,000, $12,000 an acre for it. It's pretty attractive to them.
2: How do you think, like, what do you think you guys can do to advocate agricultural, like, more just and careers? just... careers, in general? Yeah, that- careers and just get more of the younger generation into it so the older generation can get out.
4: Um, again, I, I'm a free market guy. I'm not a big government guy. Um, you know, I feel like government has its place. Uh, I think it's a it's a free market deal. I think there's a plenty of opportunity. I think we're actually doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I really do think we're doing a great job, but I just don't think it's uh, the 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 place of the government to do that. But um, I think our our schools. I think you know if we could if we could, like I was talking a minute ago, if we could get 4-H and FFA back in these schools, I think that's a huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, back in you know ten twenty years ago, it was college college college. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We found out that's not working. Yeah. Um, what should we be talking about? Skilled trades. Mm-hmm. You know, skilled trades lead into, you know, I mean, the the reason farmers were so successful for so many years was they they were plumbers, they were electricians, they were business owners, they were, you know, and and we're kinda getting away from that. I mean, I can't work on a tractor. Um, Technology's changed. So I I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I really feel like, you know, our schools, And when I say our schools, you know, again, government should be out of school systems. Um, But I feel like our schools are the place to teach these kids the hands-on. And, you know, I'm a huge proponent of of MVCTC for many, many reasons. Um, But I think we've just gotta get, we gotta get these kids that have never been involved with putting their hands in the dirt, we gotta get their hands in the dirt somehow. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I think that is a great Wait, place no, to wrap. No, no. Oh, are are trying, <laughs>
1: trying to cut us off, it like
0: we do it's Forty. It's
4: you fine. You have be somewhere be. to be. Yeah. I know.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gotta go to work soon. <laughs> oh, so fine. But oh,
4: bye, Lexi. We can,
3: we mm. can do the clothes tomorrow. But I want to ask like on the just topic of careers. So you you've started what four businesses, so entrepreneurship in in general. Speak to that. Do you think that's like? Is there something you did to? kind of set yourself up for that, that that maybe you could give these guys some guidance on or do you think that entrepreneurship is just something that maybe becomes a little more natural to some people than others
4: um you know when you look at starting a business um it takes and trust me i've got a really bad um with that i'm a scatterbrain Truth. with that you know <laughs> and i and i and I, say, I make fun of myself because i'm a scatterbrain i think outside the box um i think fast i think big um, I think if you know what I tell people, if you want to start, you know I, I do actually a lot of a lot of talks on on entrepreneurship and you know it takes uh, it takes um, a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of dedication, and and this ties in with our ag talk. I mean these farmers are entrepreneurs, um, but at the end of the day, um, if you want to own a business, um, you have to say, do I want to travel? Do I want to you know, go out on the weekdays or the weeknights. I mean, a boat. when you when you own a business, <laughs> oh. um, I had I had a guy I had a guy. So I've been in business now for 17 years, and and I've been able to build a, a decent business um, to where I'm not involved in it anymore. And I think people look at what I do and they, hey man, that'd be great. And so I had a guy walk up to me and he said, hey, he said I want to start a business. I said, okay. What, what do you want to do? He goes, I don't know. He said, I just want to be able to, you know, operate on my own schedule and do what I want whenever I want. And I said, then never own a business. Because I think I think a lot of people look at business owners and farmers that they make their own schedules and they just occasion, do what they right? want. Yeah. yeah, and I can tell you that if it's done correctly, I mean, um, you know, anytime you start a business, there's a lot of risk and- Yeah, you have, you
1: have to be willing to assume that risk. I mean, uh-huh. Lexi, you talked about romanticizing agriculture. Yeah. And I mean, That's a good way to do it. And, I mean, it's not the truth, and it's a hard truth to learn, but it's something that is kind of a stereotype of agriculture. And, I mean, I say we're doing a pretty good job of breaking that stereotype with the people we have in agriculture now. Yeah, like – oh, sorry. (laughs) I
0: was just going to say, like, yeah, standing in the middle of a field of highland cows in the middle of the summer is is not. Well, I'm just talking about romanticizing, but like, that sounds
2: great. That sounds great. But then when you are, yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: the shorthorns. But then when you are feeding those cattle in the dead middle of winter, yeah, yeah, that sucks.
4: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And I think social media has really been helpful. There's a lot of things on social media, especially for females. There's, uh, I forget what her name is, I follow her. I mean, but she's out here showing people ag. I mean, there's a
1: lot of people that do that. I mean, it's not only women in agriculture. I think maybe we're a bit more excited to promote it than what some male farmers are. I don't think I'm, I'm not hating on male farmers. I promise it's just one of those that I think maybe women are a bit more apt to do it. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, Cassie does it. Yeah.
3: No, I. Ka- I Cassie's a,
1: Cassie's a great example. I mean, she's not as big as maybe who you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking about, but I mean, I mean, Cassie, she does a great job of it. She, um, kind of documents her family, and I mean, she's an agricultural family, which I mean, oh, yeah, that's great job goes right in with it. Compliments to Mrs. Wright.
3: (laughs) We love Cassie. We Uh, love Cassie. I think also, like you spoke on CDC and the trades and and how that's a growing thing, and you you like compile that with entrepreneurship. And I think like, I mean, what a great, what a great opportunity any of these kids have leaving high school. I mean, I feel like the doors are wide open for especially starting. I mean, do you think the the climate now? Because you would have graduated. College in what late 90s? 99. Okay, mm-hmm. so then and starting a business, then I mean, the climate now I would say is probably way more open
4: to start one, wouldn't you think? I can tell you that what I tell my kids my kids are 16 and 14, go to Brookville, and I just say I can tell you right now that when we were growing up, it was very competitive. A um, lot of hard workers, you had to work your butt off to get to the top. Today, um, if you show up, you've already beat 50% of the crowd. <laughs> If you work hard, you beat the other 50%. And so if you can show up, work hard, be dedicated, uh, the sky's the limit. Uh, because if an employer um, sees someone that can actually show up and work hard, I'm telling you, it's it's a diamond in the rough. Yeah. And it's, it's, you guys are in a great spot. Yeah,
1: when I was at IPPE, I got at least three job offers as a sophomore in high school, because they thought I was, in college and ready to work. And they said, we'll give you an internship, a job, whatever you want if you come and work for us. I got people's numbers saying, hey, when you get out of high school, we still want you.
4: Yeah, and, and the personalities too, that's such a big part of it. There, I think there's a lot more introverts now than there used to be. I think it's because mm-hmm. of video games and social media COVID. and all this other stuff, COVID. <laughs> COVID. But if, yeah, it's just the sky's the limit for somebody with a good personality, good mm-hmm. work ethic and common sense. Yeah.
1: That's
0: a problem. big That's one. That's the biggest one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Why did you <laughs> just look at me like you were like, common because, sense? Because you were like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well,
0: common sense is not like so Mike common Rowe anymore. Fan.
3: And, like, Mike Rowe, like, oh, yeah. champions, all that skin. like, <laughs> But, like, right now, you can just, I mean, you can, if you have <laughs> the drive to start your own business, you can be a plumber, you can be an electrician, and, and you can just go out right now and be booked for days and weeks and months of work. Yeah. And, teach yourself as you go so i, I just think it's neat that okay. you guys have this opportunity right now so
1: so we are Lexi is ready to leave guys so go ahead, thank you down. thank you very much for coming rodney we discussed some amazing I topics with you what? no <laughs> no i'm no. sorry you can ask after we finish recording
4: i have a feeling i'll be back here a third time yeah
1: <laughs> probably, probably.
4: Oh, no. That was funny. It's
3: moving. It's, it's moving.
1: It's moving. <laughs> we had some technical right, difficulties the first time. Thank you for dealing with that yeah, for starters. Yeah. Thank you for coming back in yep. because so. someone can't handle an SD card. <laughs> no, it
3: wasn't.
1: <laughs> okay. It was no, it was the right. record okay. button, um, actually. Thank you for coming on Station by the Farm. Everyone say goodbye. Yeah. Ta-ta.
3: <laughs> bye Thank me. you, Rodney. Bye, everybody. This it so freaking Stuff here. Um, Sweatshirt, T-shirt, pendant necklace. If
1: there's uh, a senior one, then that was probably me. Elaine ordered the. um, I think she ordered the necklace of some kind.
2: I ordered. Who ordered the crop top. Ordered crop top? Oh, I thought there was. I was like, Well, oh.
1: if there's a senior shirt, I don't then know that was anyone. I ordered two T-shirts. I Are we recording? A, yeah. Great. So we need to shirt. figure They're this out, out now. Uh, I can look up the one that I sent you, Mister. I, I apologize, but we're recording and we're not wasting space. Okay.
3: Warren did the best job. Congratulations,
1: Morgan. I think I may have added one. I may have added something to mine. <laughs> okay. I just emailed mine on So wait, I
2: asked you to order mine on something. Okay. Well. Okay. Right. Figure, guys, you figure
1: that oh, out no, after. yours is gone, and we're back. Okay i hate that noise uh, like that like thing. Guys, it doesn't guys, show up as much do okay do the disclaimer first and then okay. do the outro so we can put the disclaimer right. in, in hello everybody and welcome to the station by the farmer podcast i'm morgan we don't okay well, well we've, we've already, already done, done that, that. yeah okay. hey everybody future morgan poppy jc and lexi coming to you real quick um just a quick disclaimer we have filmed this episode once with rodney um due to some technical difficulties things didn't go as planned um, so thank you, Rodney, for coming back in and dealing with us um, for a second time. Um, so I guess without further ado, anybody else have anything else to say? We have officially decided the next theme. No. For, uh, not yet. That's the outro.
0: That's the outro. Is not what we're doing.
1: No. We're doing the disclaimer. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. it was the same thing. Okay, now I have to do it again.
0: No, you don't. We can just cut it. <laughs> cut Lexi's part out. Okay.
1: okay. So thank you. <laughs> and without further ado without further ado back to the episode hope you guys enjoy okay oh the disclaimer goes to the beginning <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no
0: yeah. i know that's what i was thinking too i was like what this am going to go, the go end, like the orange. beginning oh, yeah i, I got, got it i got okay. it
2: which part
1: in the beginning after the intro probably
0: okay so okay. we have officially decided the next theme for our podcast
1: which is going to be ffa week um, Don't we need to do some sort of like, oh, guys, this is the end of the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, Rodney, for coming in. Okay, yeah. so you say that. Say stuff. Do it professionally. Well, Poppy, Poppy, you say it. Oh, go ladly. I love talking. <laughs>
2: Put
1: that in there. Please. Go.
2: go. Oh, so, what am I saying?
1: Okay, guys, oh. that concludes our.
2: <clears throat> I got it. Let me get into episode. my mode. <clears throat>
1: okay. Do you want the headphones? Yeah. I want to feel fancy. <laughs> I like having the headphones, though, because I can tell, like, what's going on with the
2: mics. It's all on you. Poppy, go. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thank we have Rodney. officially reached the end of our episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Rodney, for coming back a second time. It was really fun, and Rodney was definitely the best first guest.
0: Make sure to tune in in the next few weeks to our next episode. Uh, episode because we will be Hopefully officially next week. officially doing FFA themed podcast in celebration of National FFA Week. So make sure you listen.